Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by one of our favorite guests, Teresa from Star Wars Bookworms. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. You guys know I love it here, so yay. <laughs> well, we always love having you on. It's good to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's for the this pr- particular episode, I'm trying to think of how to say it without giving anything away. I mean, well, I, you can- I'll say... Uh, we're obviously talking about season four, episode nine of Rebels, titled Rebel Assault, uh, mm. with more information coming in a few moments after we talk about... Oh, that would have been such just, a perfect segue. But it's a perfect segue, but there's a... We have some big news. There's yes. uh, some... No, they're not. it's not big news. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, this, is, this is little news. No one yeah. cares about any of this. No, I, really? I don't think anybody cares about three more Star Wars movies on the horizon, right? Mm-mm, or a TV show? Know. No, nobody cares about that. Directed Mm-mm. by Rain Johnson? Yeah, I don't think anybody's yeah. uh, concerned about that at all. That, well, did, did this uh, this news completely blindsided me last week when it broke. Oh, absolutely. Like, the day was just like progressing along like normal. Nothing really seemed to be going on. And then all of a sudden, my, I see my phone start to you know blow up. And I'm getting notifications from like at Star Wars and... You know, you the Star Wars show posted an episode on YouTube and like all this stuff was going on. I was like, whoa, what the and apparently it's it's Ryan Johnson is gonna be helming a brand new Star Wars trilogy featuring new characters in an unexplored part of the galaxy. Wow, that's yeah, that's uh awesome. I think that's pretty cool. No, I'm really excited about it. It's kind of funny the way it went down. It was similar to what you experienced, but for me, I was actually in class teaching, uh-huh. and we were doing a very serious discussion circle over um, substance abuse. And my phone goes off, and I get up, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And the conversation gets back around to me, and I'm like, guys, these are all my teenagers. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be a new Star Wars trilogy, and they all start screaming. <laughs> there goes a serious topic. And, and then we're going to we're gonna stop class for a moment. We have something far more important to discuss. <laughs> and then we'll get back and, to talking about death stairs. And then there's that one kid in the class that raises his hand saying, teacher, is this going to be on the midterm? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. True or false, the new Star Wars trilogy will feature uh the heroes we know no um yeah i mean I, I, i'm really curious do you guys have any ideas or things you want to see because ryan is going to be directing the the first movie in the in the trilogy and he's going to be one the one helming the overall story for it and it's it's like it's completely new it's something we've never seen they said um uh quote uh it, which is separate from the episodic skywalker saga and we'll finally uh, Introduce new characters from a corner wow. of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never before explored. End quote. So, Teresa, you said finally. I Thoughts. so okay. The Skywalkers, of course, is what got me into Star Wars. But if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm over it. 
I'm over the Skywalker story. I'm ready for other things, which is why I have no desire for Ray to be a Skywalker at all. I it's it's all good, but I'm really excited about this being somewhere completely different. And I would so love something from like Knights of the Old Republic. That would be the best yeah. thing ever for me. Yeah. And it's just because I love the like origins of the force and the origins of the Sith and the Jedi. And I love that whole timepiece from like the EU that I would love something set way back. You know, it would just be amazing for me, but I get where people are coming from. I've heard several people say, you know, well, trilogies are sacred. They shouldn't make a trilogy if it's not, you know, the Skywalkers. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. But there's so many stories to tell. And I agree. I would love to see something set in the old Republic. I think that is just fertile for stories. That would be amazing. Yeah. In my mind, this is part of giving not a break from the Skywalker saga, but like we're going to, you know, we're going to finish up the current lineup of movies, assuming there's actually a third uh, Star Wars story movie, which hasn't been announced yet in what? That's 20. I think we're supposed to be talking about 2019 or is it 2020? I don't know. If there's a a third unannounced Star Wars story, that would be 2020 because right nine would be 2019. Yeah, so sometime in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So in my brain, they're you know they finish up the third Star Wars movie and then they're thinking, well, we don't want to like jump back into you know the next uh, you know part of the Skywalker saga. Episode 10, 11, 12. We want a little bit of break. You know, we want to give some time for the actors to age up a little bit so they can do a little bit of a time jump potentially. Why not do a tr- just a separate trilogy in the middle? Like, do something a little bit different, a little bit less intense, and then, you know, we'll go from there. It, I do like the In my mind, it just it makes perfect sense. I com- Actually, I completely agree with you. It's, you know, when I first read the announcement, I was, I was wondering, okay, <clears throat> um, does this mean the Skywalker saga is over and it doesn't sound like it. It just says no. separate from the Skywalker saga. So I think you're right. I mean, historically we've always had a break of, you know, 10, 15 years between trilogies. Now I say that and there's only been two breaks because it's only three trilogies, but you still get the point. There's all, they always, they don't want to like overload you and just do a movie every single year, every single other year. We're already at two, every two years instead of the traditional three from the past. Mm. But there's no reason why they couldn't, you know, keep doing standalones every other year and on the, you know, on the off years and on the on years, they finish up the Skywalker, they finish up, you know, seven, eight, nine, then they do Ryan's trilogy every other year. And then after what, six years, they go back and resume the Skywalker saga. Again. Okay, but how are they going to resume it? I mean, they're going to have to set up something at the end of episode nine that will continue the actual Skywalker bloodline. Sure, but it would be well, like... what it, and it doesn't actually necessarily need to be. They call it the Skywalker Saga. It could be anything about the cast of characters, you know, Ray, Finn, Poe, right, uh, or some subset of them. Okay. Or, ba- uh, or basically, the- or basically, what you're saying is at the end, of, let's say episode nine, he's going to actually bring back the Jedi, and all of a sudden, you will see the Jedi. That would still be the Skywalker Saga because he is responsible for bringing the Jedi back. I okay, I see. That well, and thing. the the way I I also kind of imagine this is every movie we've had thus far, every Star Wars story movie we've had thus far, even when it's a Star Wars story, is heavily and very closely tied to the existing uh, I'm gonna say mythology and the, the existing mm-hmm. sagas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even yep. the Han Solo movie, which yeah, is gonna tell its own story, but it's about Han Solo. Uh, right. This or in my brain, like I would love for them to do something like uh, the Old Republic. 
more likely. I think it just they just mean it is a story that is not otherwise connected with anything in the Skywalker saga. And it's going to be their test, but to see like, hey, is there a desire to have Star Wars not involving, you know, the the big three, the big four, or anything we've seen before? And so as much as I'd love like a Knights of the Old Republic movie, I kind of suspect this is going to be something like maybe uh, like the canceled visceral Star Wars project, which if you read uh, Kotaku's article talking about it, like they basically planned like, oh, we we're going to tell like kind of like an Ocean's Eleven story, but, you know, set in the, set in the outer rim. That's kind of what I'm imagining Ryan Johnson has kind of cooked up as just a story about a set of characters that just takes place in the Star Wars universe, but isn't really connected to anything else. Okay. Yeah, and- I think you're right. I But I also think one of the things they might do is they might steer away from anything Force related. So even though I love Knights of the Old Republic, they may go X-Wing novel series type stuff. Oh, don't get me you too know? excited. That's not nice. <laughs> okay, I'm now, just saying. Well, I'll... I'll- I'll spin it this other way because the other announcement that came out of this was there's going to possibly be a live action Star Wars series coming out, and I could see a live action. Yeah, I could see that the X Wing. I was going to say that was a weird bomb series. to drop. Well, also, it, like, I called it. By the way, I called it the second they announced their streaming service. I said they are going to debut the streaming service in the U.S. with a live action Star Wars TV show. I called it, and I want I want money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid. You know, what's weird is like they had a huge press release about the new trilogy, and I, I think we'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit because there's a little more more stuff to talk about. But for the live action series, Bob Iger announced it on the on Disney's earnings call, but they didn't have a press release on StarWars.com or anything. He just said, "Yep, there's going to be a new uh, a, a new live action series. It's going to be available on Disney streaming service." And then later, he said that Disney streaming service will be priced far below uh that of netflix um and they oh, he said didn't it'll be less didn't the new trilogy also come out of the same kind of earnings call it did it did but they didn't have the same level of press on starwars.com and, mm-hmm. and well and when they, they announced the live action tv series he announced it right along with uh the tv series de- being developed around monsters inc and a tv series being developed around high school musical and he sort of mushed them all together yeah. and when it was originally tweeted somebody was like a live action star wars tv series including monsters inc and high school musical it we <laughs> was like what, what? <laughs> that's interesting yeah uh, actually, uh, I wanted to, going back to the trilogy the other thing that's kind of interesting i think is uh it says a lot that disney is willing to put in give ryan johnson his own trilogy uh and ba- it sounds like almost complete creative freedom as far as what that story is going to be mm-hmm. and, the mo- and last jedi is not even out yet like in my mm-hmm. mind that's also a huge vote of confidence in ryan johnson is enormous yeah like yeah. the only other person who ca- i think has that level of pull is someone like dave floney Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that it partially means Ryan Johnson knows how to play ball very well. That's also probably true. With Lucasfilm. He has a good relationship with him. They trust him. Yeah. 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 But well, it probably but he, says a lot way. about what's good. It's going to, it's saying an awful lot about the movie coming out in December. Yeah. If they're putting this much trust in him to take the trilogy to the next level, then this next movie is going to be knocking the socks out of everybody. Exactly. Yeah. It, it shows a lot of faith in what he's done and how well he works and, and collaborates with the team. Mm-hmm. I think it's just I so, agree. I think it's so exciting. We've talked a lot about 
you know, potentially going back to the old Republic, but it could also just be during, and I would love to see the old Republic, but it could also just be during, um, you know, d- during the, 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 you know, the original trilogy even, but set, you know, in the outer rim or the unknown regions or who knows what that we, we wild haven't seen space. before. Wild space, right? There's a lot of things they could do. They just said uh, an unexplored part of the galaxy and it says nothing about when or, mm-hmm. or who aside from that, you know, it'll be a new cast. And I, don't, I, I just think there's so much potential here. And as you would, as you mentioned, Teresa, I love the Skywalker saga. I do, but this is going to be the first, the first movie or television show that is not 100% or there's not like directly connected to the things we know and love already. Uh, and so I think it's, it's exciting. I, I would have thought they would have tested the waters with a standalone film first before, before saying we're going to do a whole trilogy uh, around this. But Hey, if, if they love his, I'm assuming he already has a story treatment and if he has it uh, and, and they liked it, then that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I agree. I do have a question for you guys, not kind of related to this, but before we start talking about rebels, have y'all read uh, from a certain point of view yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have no. you watched A New Hope since reading? I finished up A Certain Point of View and immediately started watching A New Hope. <laughs> Has it changed the way you watch A New Hope? Because it's completely like messed stuff up for me because I'm like, wait, but that story and that story happens right here and that one. Okay. There were, okay, there were pieces of it, particularly around uh, the Battle of the Death Star that really got to me um the one there was a lot of stuff on Tatooine that you know we haven't done a full review of from a certain point of view but it, it, it yeah i i wasn't i'll just say very briefly the stuff that happens on Tatooine, i was not a big fan of how every single person that like even minor character that was involved is somehow critical to the progression of the story and like a really good example is like the story about the uh r2 droid that has a bad motivator the real like, one by Ray oh Carson. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, a, a funny story, but I'm like, do we really need, like, why can't it just be that the droid had a bad motivator? Do we? Does it need to be, have like some tragic backstory about, <laughs> you know, just wanting to be free and then realizing the importance of R two and so on and so forth. I don't know. I feel like it's a very boy girl thing there because that story, like I was crying. I was like, this <laughs> is the best ever. <laughs> okay, can, I, can I ask a question uh, at this point? Are we planning no. on reviewing that book? Okay. Thank yeah, you, Steven. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. It's, it, uh, okay. Well, if, we're if, gonna we, be if we review it in that in book, weeks. we are, you mean I have to finish it? Yes. You you do. I'm sorry. I put it, I, I put so, it down right it, after yep. that red droid one. Get, no, so yeah, like I said, I no, t- no, no. The, the t- Tatooine is tough, and then it gets really oh, good. God, guys, guys, Tom, it's Tom. painful. There's no. nothing as great as listening to Admiral Mahdi describe how Vader is inappropriately proselytizing during Imperial staff meetings. <laughs> That's probably my favorite story. It's great. I think I'll back up and read that one because I think that was that was. Pro- so, you know what? Can I just skip the whole Tatooine part sure. because it's painful? And then you can go back later you. if you, yeah. There's some good. I don't want to go back later. I will <laughs> skip right. it. Okay. In any case, in well, any... Tom, just so you know, I've been this, doing guys. it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've been doing it via audiobook, and it's been really fun via audiobook. But I'm frustrated because there is literally no list of who's reading what story. 
Oh. And it's irritating me. But okay. that's the only thing that's irritating me. But it's been really, really easy to digest via audiobook because I can listen to it in chunks and then like put it down. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm I'm having. I'm in, I'm going to stop right case. now. But. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, a, yeah. We're finishing up the live action. I'm a tactfully series, and not so. It's really not that tactful. Uh, redirect us to the actual subject of today's episode. Well, hold, hold uh, on. The Iron well, Cannon we, Pod. We, uh, we, no. Briefly, it was such a good segue. Well, it wasn't. It really was a good segue, segue, but I'm sorry. No. We have we, okay. we have to do the do, 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 put do justice on. to the live action series. We can't skip over it. I I think this is exciting. Well, you know, it's it's going to be exclusive to Disney streaming service, which means yes, I'll subscribe day one. Congratulations, Disney, you won. Um, but uh, I I I'm I'm looking forward to this. I this will be the first live action Star Wars series. Um, you know, Ever. really. Yeah, I was trying. Ever. To think, well, yeah. I no, to, I take that back. That's not okay. true. Yeah, holiday well, special counts. Yeah, technically, it's yeah. a one episode special. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not really a series, so no. But um, the, the the point though is, uh, <clears throat> it it is gonna be the first, you know, effectively the first Star Wars um live action show ever. What do you th- any, any thoughts on what this is gonna be about? Is it gonna be the you know the the series we knew that they, they had made years ago? Um, was Underworld right with a hundred episodes, hundred scripts already produced? Or are they gonna go a whole new route? Um. I, I mean, I have to assume it's just a new route. Disney has not you know, shown a propensity cool. for using things that already exist. That's true. And, yeah, and could Dave I don't know. You never know. Be one of the creative forces behind this series. Well, you never know. They might keep what George did because this is only this is less than two years away, maybe two years away for the streaming service. And it's going to debut in other markets before it debuts in the United States. And it's going to be late in 2019. And if anybody's still wavering on whether or not they're going to get this, they've already said basically Disney's entire film log, including stuff that's in the vault and locked is going to be available and their TV shows. So I like, I'll drop everything else I pay for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I thought it's, so, I read an interesting wow. about that about how basically Disney's won the streaming wars and they haven't even started yet. That <laughs> or, is a very bold claim to make. They haven't even really. Entered. I'm sorry, I'm cheap. I'm not paying for it. I, I'm I'm not. I'm sorry. Yeah, but well, like, like for me, like the Disney Film Library of 500 plus films being at my fingertips, that means that I can watch that darn cat whenever I want to. I'm excited for that. I have four of that darn cat. You want to borrow one? yes Sorry. please okay <laughs> i know the one i'll ship you uh but you know i, I it's it is interesting but I, i'm i'm excited hopefully dave filoni will be involved i think i think we're still gonna get a, a, a this will be an addition to the animated series uh whatever comes post troubles i would assume so well, I, I would hope we're still gonna get an animated series which is yeah, exciting so because i'm not gonna yeah. spin down that whole team uh we know they're working on something else after rebels so we're gonna get this other TV series, the the new post rebels, whatever it is, we're going to get the live action series. We have, we still, we've only seen two of the six films they originally announced. They just put three more uh, in the backlog, which means you know they've now basically made more. They have more films planned under Disney right now than Lucas ever had. Oh, we ever got you know uh, before George Lucas sold the company. It's crazy. It is. It is what a time to be a Star Wars fan. Okay. So I I told my husband the other day that 
I don't think I'm ever going to be able to see all the Star Wars because I'm going to die before it's done. Kind of a depressing thought. <laughs> that's a horrible thing to think about. Wow. That's Risa. Wow. But it also but, means there's so much Star Wars. <laughs> okay, but, but, also, but also look at it this way. Whenever they announce Celebration for 19, think of the impact that's going to have. Think of the excitement that's going to be built from this point all the way until Celebration when that actually happens hmm. and everything that they're possibly going to be throwing out there to the star Wars fan. Yeah. It I know. Makes you really want them. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes you really want them to announce it soon. So you can start putting your money together and that way, you know that you're going to be not broke by the time it comes around. Yeah. Cause 2019 is crazy. We've got the openings of the parks. Oh, right. we've got oh, episode nine. We've got, the streaming service we've got all the news that's coming i mean it's just like i think they're trying to kill me (laughs) you basically have to quit your day job just so you can experience star wars all day every day exactly which i mean would be kind of fun but i mean (laughs) (laughs) i love you like your job too much to quit i do yeah i like my job too so i ain't quitting but the the point is, there's going to be a lot of Star Wars stuff to consider. It's already difficult to keep up, and it is going to get even more. It's difficult. only going to get worse. And you know what? I uh, I'm, I can't complain. I love it. I love that we're getting so much Star Wars content. And to think, like, you know, there's another Star Wars movie coming out in six months. I know. Allegedly, yeah, yeah. We are a month away from one Star Wars movie, and six months away from another. If that doesn't blow your wow. mind, I don't know what will. <laughs> anyway wow i can think of one thing that would but it's never gonna happen yeah that's true that's true gotta ask you what is it you set yourself up uh jk rowling announcing a ninth harry potter book would send me over the roof so but that's never gonna happen uh Uh, to be fair we didn't ever think seven eight or nine would happen so eighth harry potter book exactly that's true i know but she i mean well you never know you know, I mean, she's so focused on Fantastic Beasts, and that went from like one movie to six. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's more <laughs> of a. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Not <laughs> we should Potter, focus so. on. Okay, so let's talk. William, no, no clean segue. What are we talking about, please? For the love of God. <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, Rebels season four episode nine titled Rebel Assault. It is the season, sorry, the mid-season finale of Rebels. It was written by, as you would expect, Dave Filoni himself and Stephen Melching and directed by Stuart Lee. Uh, In this episode, Hera leads a courageous attack against Grand Admiral Thrawn's forces, but when things go awry, her battle to win must become a daring escape if she is to survive. So... Yeah, this is this is the last episode we're going to get this year, and the uh, the is it confirmed the, that it's last episode of the year or just it is. until? Yeah, no, I think it's a, it, it is the last episode of the year. The final season uh, early next year. They haven't said when, yeah. wow. but early next year they will resume. Uh, in the meantime, Rebels like if we just started, and it's already over. That's what happens mm-hmm. when they release two episodes at a time. Yeah, and this was this was also the first episode time we got just one episode this this season. So, mm-hmm. um. But but yeah, they, and it was painful. <laughs> it was painful. Let's get into that. I was like, it's over. How is it over? No, like well, I'm so used well, to because because it was only 22 minutes. You had to get counting the commercials. Exactly. Exactly. It was but quick. I I just and and Stephen, I would love to get your thoughts on this because that that opening shot 
I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Uh oh. You don't sound yeah. as excited as I thought. Yeah, you don't no, sound excited. I, no, I. So this is this is the first time we've seen X Wings, right? I it was, is. Yes. The series. Okay. Yes. Introduction of X Wings, which is and, fantastic. And believe it or not. I mean, not that any I of them did. are left at the end, but that's a whole other thing. So this is... Tom, you watched Battlestar Galactica, right? I love it, yes. This is... So... I think I, I know have, what you're going to... I think I know what you're going to say. It's... So I'll, I'll say very broadly, I did really enjoy uh, this entire opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, I thought it was really well done. It it's one of the things where it suffered from it, it suffered from a lack of budget. Not that the show doesn't have a good budget, but that a for making a space battle feel really epic is something that's very very difficult to do. And I'd actually say it's very rarely happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, as much as I love Episode Four, the Episode Four, uh, you know, Battle Above the Death Star is not very good. Um, mm-hmm. And this just had the same types of issues where it's a little on the slow pace side. Um, there's you never feel like there's a lot happening because it's always focused on a single element, and uh, you know Battlestar Galactica did it uh, one of the best you know series of space battles I think done on television where just everything feels chaotic, multiple kind of plots and stories are going around and it just I don't know. But overall, I still really enjoyed it, oh, and the okay. opening panning shot of Lethal and the Star Destroyers was just fantastic. With that, the what dozens of Star Destroyers protecting in hyperspace. Oh. And of course, in order to get through a dozen Star Destroyers, they send like what twelve X wings. I mean, that's all they could. They could I thought it was thirty. Four. It wasn't much. No, it was. I, I, yeah, it was. It was not much. And um, yeah, it wasn't much at all. I just thought the I I I just I love that opening shot. You see space, and the Tie Fighter jumps out of hyperspace, and it pans, and there's Star Destroyer and another and another and another, and it's just like, oh my gosh, they're filling the entire screen. Um, and we, in of course, Hera's squadron jumps out of hyperspace uh, as well. In there, they're in those X wings, and we get a great shit space battle. Um, you, know, was... you bring up a good point about how about the the pacing of of the of the of the battle. I thought it felt just like it was straight out of the movies, out of out of the films. Which Don't I guess get me wrong. They did like I think that's it's a tough thing to truly impress me when it comes to space battles because I have very <laughs> high standards and they did do an excellent job. Okay, okay. Um, okay, I think I think I can kind of summarize what Steven's getting at because I've watched both Battlestar Galacticas. I was around for the first one and that one they reused shots like crazy. And then I saw the reboot in which the space battles were were as you said Steven chaotic. This felt like it was it was almost a middle ground between the two because I'm not saying they reuse stuff, but it, it just had that feeling of it, it, it had the feeling between the two. If you've watched both of those space battles, it, it had yeah. a lot of sequences of like one or two ships slowly kind of chasing another set of ships and then kind of yeah. firing, blowing them up. And then, they, you know, and then it rinse and repeat. Um, yeah. Which, which is, was the that's first not a bad thing. Like it gives you a, a much more direct thing, but I, one of the things I always picture when I think about, uh, dog fights, you know, are just there's, and the, uh, you know, Tracy, you mentioned the X Wing novels, and it's that it remains my favorite Star Wars series ever, you know, written and worked on. And if they made a movie of it, I would probably die. Uh, but you know, they talk about like the thing that separates, you know, a good, an okay pilot from a great pilot, or even a good pilot is the ability to like just be in that type of situation and somehow 
understand spatially everything that's happening around you because it's just that chaotic because you've got these ships careening around each other and so on. And we just didn't get that kind of level of uh, chaos here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was, it, it was a split between the original Battlestar Galactica and this one because and, and the new one. So I, I see what you're saying. The one thing that got me, and it was a great maneuver that Hera pulled where she took the X-Wing and pulled it straight up. I, I was looking at that and I'm like, when that, you're watching the original the, trilogy... The sequence where... Sorry. Just to, I, no, no, to no go ahead. Script, the sequence where she uh, that she's fighting, dogfighting with a TIE Defender and she flies through the destruction of the uh, Star Destroyer's bridge and then kind of does a stop right. and pivot was... Right. I'm so glad you actually brought that up. That was what I wanted to see the rest of the space battle. <laughs> it's the type of thing that yeah. because we're used to like, you know, planes and atmosphere and things like that, it's instinctively looks and feels wrong. And then you remember that they're in space and like, no, there is no like air resistance. If they want to flip on the nose, like more power to them. And it was just, and, that and was think, beautifully done. And, and I think the, the thing that brought that to my attention was that's how it was pulled off Battlestar Galactica because they had those reaction jets up front. Mm-hmm. To where they could pull maneuvers like that. Because it's true. In space, you can't fly like a real plane. There is no air. There is no no way to do that. But if you use your reaction jets, it works out just fine. And what she did works. Um, and that was that was gorgeous how it was pulled off. And I keep wanting to say Baron Fell. Because I just <laughs> keep thinking <laughs> about Scaris. Baron Fell every time I see him. Volt Scaris. So Yeah. He yes. does. He does. Um, I mean, I, I always think he's inspired by you know Baron Fell. Um, yeah, and it was kind of cool to see him come back again. Although he quickly uh, died, unfortunately, he, you know, he, didn't last long. He, he, it was very clear, just like you know Thrawn a few weeks ago. Um, it's very distinctive. To, you know, Hera's flying is very distinctive, and you can kind of tell that she's much better. So he was able to quickly identify that it was her. Goes after her because uh, you know Thrawn sends him into battle, and. That was that you know a, a fun dogfight, uh, and and the moment where Hera is flying at the Star Destroyer, and and Scaris basically disobeys Thrawn's direct orders and keeps pursuing mm-hmm. her because he, he tells her to like leave, and he he does he disobeys, and so he just Thrawn just opens fire on Hera and Scaris and hits them both, taking out their shields. I'm like that was so brutal, and his line like. How unfortunate. Open fire. I was like, oh. And that was so Thrawn. That was so Thrawn, and it was so cold. I just, I like the calculating, the calculation of Hera. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hope they won't fire on their own man, which will let me kind of break through the blockade. Although, in the spirit of uh, episode six, I, I'm not sure how much I enjoy the, like, oh, we're just going to perfectly manage to like take out this ship's bridge. So then it crashes into the other ship and Oh, look at that. We now have an opening. Yeah. They, yeah, well, they really need to Imperial ships really need to like not collide with each other. Uh, I feel like there's been multiple rebels episodes, you know, rogue one episode six, like so many times one star destroyer blows up or Imperial ship or, you know, a, a comm tower or whatever. And there's just another ship right next door, next, next, next to it. And it just gets destroyed too. Uh, which looks and visually one thing, really cool, they, but yeah, but but I guess it's one thing that they need to teach in the Imperial Academy. You need to have space in between your star destroyers. Don't make it to where you're like well, overlapping. No, if you which you have is space, great. then you're going to let the rebels through, and you can't have that. 
And actually, yeah, but if you if you have if you have a you know if you have a space that's too close, you're going to end up taking out your own guy when your ship gets destroyed. And so I, there has to be a happy medium between the two. And you know, <laughs> thinking back on the episode, the part, one of the things that struck me as off was we actually see a Tie Fighter crash into one of the uh, light cruisers early in the space battle as well, uh-huh. and the cruiser takes no damage. And so I thought it was odd when later the ship crashes in, uh, you know, and is just you know decimates it um and i said now that i'm thinking about it i bet you that's meant to be the same ship and you know the first crash took out the shields and then they took another crash and that's what took him out and i think all they were missing was a couple of quick shots of an officer being like we've lost our shields yeah and you know that would have that would have and then maybe admiral piet saying brace and then they jump down and then explodes and then they crash into the death star oh sorry wrong movie (laughs) (laughs) i i did though like i liked a lot of the the little details too um like right at the very beginning, uh, you know, the X-Wing, I think it was Hera, shot one of the TIE fighters, flew through the explosion, and then the Rebels logo appeared. It was really nicely done. Mm. Great, great uh, cinematography there. Um, also, okay, now maybe I'm crazy. I could be crazy. But the the music at the beginning, um, at the very beginning of the episode, during that panning shot, it sounds like there that, are multiple was that from musical yes. cues from the battle above yes. uh, the Death Star from Episode Four. Yep, yep. Yes, I picked but it, it up I also it was like simple, but it was, it was there. from one of the like the old Rogue Squadron games or oh interesting um, or the old oh, Rebel Assault games. Like it's it, it almost felt like it was it had a bit more of that. I'm trying to think of the right word almost like the MIDI style music right at the very beginning. Mm. It, it it felt like it was from one of the old video games where you were flying your X-Wing. I mean, it could have been Rebel Assault, the game with the same name. I went back and I actually tried to find the soundtrack and I, I couldn't place the same cue. But um, I don't know. Listeners, let us know if you if you're able to identify it. It didn't sound like what music from one of the films, though. It was obviously inspired by it and, and may have been from it, but it, it seemed tweaked just enough that it felt more like a, one of the old video games, which I think would have been a cool reference. It wouldn't surprise me. They've shown kind of that level of uh, that attention to detail before, for yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And if you watch Rebels Recon, it's interesting to see how, you know, they talk about the introduction of the TIE Fighters and how they played with the basic shape because it's it, it's an X-Wing, but it's not an X-Wing. They Like with the TIE Fighters, they start with a basic shape and then play with it to make it feel like the rebel style and almost be a little more toy like while not straying too far from the design and stuff. So I thought, I thought they did a really good, a really good job with everything. Um, I, uh, so yeah, the, the, the whole beginning it, Teresa, any, any thoughts on the, on the opening? I was just like, I was like, let me just mute my mic and let you guys <laughs> no, geek out sorry. over space. Sorry, we, we should have let you talk. No, I feel I, bad. You're no, a guest. It's completely fine because I actually am not a fan of space battles, whether it's on screen or in books. I have a, and it's not because they're not cool. It's because my brain can't keep it straight and I don't know all the ships and the different types of ships and I don't know their names and like what they look like. Uh. So, I mean, I know what a Star Destroyer is and I know what a TIE Fighter is and I know what an X Wing is, but that's about where it stops. I get everything else confused. So, when I'm reading those kind of things, or even when I'm watching it, I, I get lost. Mm. 
And so I just, I actually like the fact that they focused on some of the pilots because I was like, okay, this one is there and this is this person, <laughs> you know, but then they all died. So. Yeah. Which we got some new pilots well, not all for Cleet, Phoenix five Duke uh, voiced by Anna Graves and Freddie Prince jr. There. Um, I will say, uh, so who was the pilot that was with Hera on the planet? Ah, that was the Mart Mart Matten, named after. Who do we <laughs> know who Martin. did the voice for that? Uh, I can double check. It was. I I will say the the one of the few things I didn't like about this episode is I felt like I kept recognizing voices. Like I'm I may be wrong. I'm pretty sure Mart was voiced by uh, Ezra. And. It's one of those things. Interesting. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, the voices are, they, like, they're just different enough that I can, like, most of the time I'm okay. And then occasionally they'll say something like, oh, it's Ezra. Wait, never mind. It's not. <laughs> uh, Mark Matten uh-huh. was actually voiced by Zachary Gordon, who also voiced mm-hmm. Imperial. I, okay. One. They, I just, apparently I'm awful with voices. <laughs> Although there were some really good lines during this phase battle to Chopper, mm-hmm. and Chopper had some really smart butt comments he he even does this little thing with like his little wrench arm where he was like let's go yeah. <laughs> and he like throws his arm out in the and air I, and I like Harry's line, so that, that's the kind of stuff i liked <laughs> yeah it was, it was that was that was really good but I mean, to your point i was not expecting what happened next right because they, they make it through the blockade and thrawn's like don't worry i got this well and Hera's face mm-hmm. When he, after Thrawn says that and they go to Hera's face and she just has this like, oh crap look on her face. And then they cut to like the planet surface or the, or a commercial or something. And I'm like, what happened? Right. Right. And, and, you know, down throughout this whole space battle, you have, you know, uh, uh, the rest of the, uh, the ghost crew, Ezra, Sabine, Kanan, Zeb, Ryder, they're all setting, um, explosive, uh, charges on the anti-air turbo lasers, uh, so they can make it down to the planet and they do manage to blow them up. And it's really cool to see like the, them all almost like col- collapse down on themselves like at a, the same time. Like a domino effect. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Um, and, and, and also, you know, when Ezra tries to hop on the, to pilot the speeder and tells Zeb to hop on the back, he's like, no, that's not how this works. And picks them up and puts them in the back seat. But <laughs> that oh, was I really just, funny. Sorry. I thought of one more pet peeve for the space battle. Oh, okay. Uh, the other thing okay. I did not appreciate is, uh, there's two pilots that were following throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I don't I didn't catch any uh, of their Cleet names. And Duke. Uh, huh? Cleet and Duke, I think. Was was Cleet the girl? Yeah. Anna Grace. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, Duke, thank you. So Duke gets shot, and he his X wing gets hit like once, and then explodes into fire. Cool. Mm. Um, I know what you're saying. Then Cleet gets shot, and she loses an engine. I'm like, okay, like we've seen like that before, and then. You know, she's like, I need help. And Hera's like, I'm coming. And so you get this dramatic moment like, oh, is Hera going to get there in time? And then uh, Cleet gets shot again. And you watch her X-Wing explode. But apparently they were very precise shots that only knock off the wings and leave the canopy completely unharmed. Which yeah, was that's true. I just felt very weird to me. <laughs> I think that's probably not one. It wasn't to... it wasn't fully wasn't fully obliterated. I think it's a child show. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but they showed they showed Duke getting blown up, didn't they? But it was a girl. Well, just like okay, just like, and, and they, all, they also showed. I mean, I don't want to go there, but maybe well, I mean, Hera shoots off the tie defender. Get it right, and then he like goes spinning and hits the. Sure. Oh no, it was more. I that's so we've t- I've talked about this before. I won't go into very into length. 
pet peeves for me when I watch, you know, Space Battles animated is the, oh, so when the story calls for it or when the script calls for it, a ship will blow up on its first shot. Uh, or there's a shield, and sometimes the shield will absorb it. And in the cases like this, sometimes when a, sh- a ship gets shot, it explodes immediately. Other times, only strategic pieces get blown off, and the pilot survives. Although, on the other side, Teresa, you might be right, because I don't think we see Cleet in the episode anymore after point after this, do we? No, we don't, no. because they, the only other yeah. pilot that's, so, that survived was Maybe Mark. Cleet didn't actually make it, and they just didn't want to show it. In no, which I, case, I don't think he did. Yeah, never mind then. Yeah. Okay, Poor I, think, I think he's dead. Yeah, well, and because that's why it was so heartbreaking, right? Because they they take out the turbo lasers, they look into the sky, and they're like, "Okay, Hera should be here any minute." And you see the X wings flying, and, and I, I have to say, the the whole shots of them flying through the clouds at night, and actually everyone on the ground as well, unbelievably beautiful. I think it was one of the best yeah. looking Rebels episodes they've ever done. Like I love the colors the, the, and like the shot. lighting. Joel Aaron did an amazing job. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, the shot. Oh, I, agree. Of, that was I have to be honest. Yeah, the shot of the, the shot of the ships coming down oh. from Lothal skyline. Oh, so with good. that big dome, mm-hmm. and then you got the rebels just standing there watching the debris come down. I mean, you're looking at that just going. This is a kid show. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah right. Well, so, so yes, it and was heartbreaking to see them fly. They're all destroyed. It, it, yes, it was heartbreaking to see them like flying through the clouds and all of a sudden just start to explode one by one as you saw all of the X-Wings just disappear. And you're like, that was really sad. Um, it's unfortunate. We, did, we knew Hera would survive, obviously, which I think kind of takes a well, little yeah, bit of Yeah, but you know, there was a... Well, there was a moment when they're watching and you see you get on Kanan's face and this is right after we've seen them finally have some intimacy and you're just like, oh, you think your girlfriend's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was heartbreaking, but Ugh. it was beautiful while it happened. Um, and, you know, like like. Uh, <laughs> oh, how cruel. That's horrible, William. But not oh. not not what happened. But like I said, the, the way it was shot. And yeah, the way it was done. I am not. I am not, um, I'll, be, I'll be totally honest, I'm not a huge fan of the look of Lothal. I think it's kind of plain. I think it's it's good. They do a good job, and that's the, it's, that's the style. It's lots of wide open planes, and, uh, you know, it's basically, you know, based on the Macquarie paintings. But it's not. Actually, it looks a lot better it's, than Andalore. It's not my personal like preference when it comes to the environments and stuff. I feel like the design reflects the budget of the like at the time the show was created and i should say not the budget but the amount of time they had to you know build it up yeah and not every planet can be indoor right no it it, it doesn't have to be all trees and stuff but i don't know i always thought it was kind of almost too sparse and and plain um and like the, the 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 long freeway that we often see outside you know leading outside the city was just like a random road all the time yeah they we see it all the time but wow, in this episode, I was like, I want like a still picture that one, like my desktop background or something like mm-hmm. every shot was just unbelievably gorgeous, even though the Empire was completely destroying the planet uh, and killing everyone. But it looked great in the process. But that's what the Empire okay. does. And, and one more thing. <laughs> that should be good. The, Emper- the Empire's the marketing campaign. Justin Bolger, this is for you. Um, you know, join the Empire. <laughs> <Planet> beautiful. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. But I was going to say right? that road that's there all the time in the middle of nowhere. 
isn't it fascinating? There's only there's only rebels using that road the majority of the <laughs> time, true. and not the Empire. Don't you think that they would have gotten the idea that maybe they should oh put cameras on that thing? Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> you gotta think of it that way. Once or twice, I think we've seen Imperial transports on it, but that's usually been the rebels following the Imperial transport on that road. And the reason why is because they're transporting a prisoner that the rebels <laughs> exactly. want. Mm-hmm. So they there you go. Which road should we take this time? Speaking well, of things they should, other things they should uh, put cameras on though. Um, those sewer entrances, the rebels love. Those oh things. yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be fair, yeah, I kind of think they know by the now. way I interpreted that was that the rebels had, or sorry, the empire had stationed troops on the sewer entrances because they knew they were okay. Used. Fair point. You're right. They, they had a chicken walker standing on one of yeah. them. They had it literally just standing right there, and that was to, Chopper had to go there and and do a diversion. To be fair, I would hate to be like, up. okay, guys, here's your order. There's a sewer on First Street and on Second Street and on Third Street, and just go stand on them. Don't move. No, no, no. Just just stand. Stand Nothing on else. the sewer entrance. <laughs> don't do anything else. Not not next to the sewer entrance. On the sewer entrance. And don't be surprised if it opens up. And the chicken walker just goes down through the hole if you're standing on it, okay. because there's rebels in there. And, and, and what are the chances of that actually happening? And turn off. You never know. Or turn on those, you know, those 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 uh, filters on high in your stormtrooper masks, just in case. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. yeah no, um, but but down on the planet, at least we we get to the crash site, and you know, Hera is basically unconscious, and Chopper has to to wake her up um teresa what what are your thoughts on the, the whole this whole scene here with the, the crash landing and their their escape and, and her finding was, mart this was really awesome for me i really liked how the people of lafal were like kind of coming to look and see and try to help and chopper made a couple of noises that made me kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit because he was very concerned and then he got to the point where he's just like, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> so he was like his in-between of like, oh, no. And then like, you will not die type of situation. And her outfit was really cool. I love seeing Hera in her different clothes and her different headgear. Mm-hmm. And I also wonder how long or how hard it is to take it on and off because, like, <laughs> do her arms reach that far back? Like, I'm trying to figure that out. Good point. How did Felix <laughs> do that? <laughs> Excellent question. I actually want to say, I give Chopper the MVP medal of this episode in a lot of ways. There was a, uh, there's a moment when, you know, Rook appears and they're fighting and, uh, We'd seen the, you know, the wolf appear to Caleb again, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the troopers holding his weapon above hair. I'm like, okay, here, like he's taking a long time to strike. Here's the dramatic moment where he finally decides to strike down and then Kanan appears and blocks it. And I, and like literally a second before I'm like, why is Chopper just sitting there? Like guys, you like Chopper's right there. And I, huge props for Chopper to like taking out the stormtrooper or to, mm-hmm. like, Way to go. Okay, well, you got to give props to Mart's droid as well, because he was actually trying to fight the stormtroopers and to try and keep Mart from being captured as well. Yeah, that poor until droid. Until that didn't end up well. Yeah, the poor yeah. droid. Isn't this the droid that is on uh, Rebels Recon? Yes. Isn't it yes. R3? Yep, the, the, yeah. his, their okay. uh, chopper's 
major rival who was supposed to actually play. I think he was the I think he's the same one that played uh, Saw Gerrera's message um, on mm. the rebel base in uh, in the occupation. Uh, oh, sorry, no, in, in mm-hmm. the name of the rebellion. Uh, yeah, because no, uh, actually, no, it was R4. R4C2 is the green one who played the hologram. Um, I thought actually R4. Now I'm confused. I thought R4 was the one in Rebels Recon. But in Rebels I'm Recon, confused. they made it look sound like it was R3. This week's Rebels Recon, they made it sound like it was R3 from this episode. I think it's R3. William, R2, R3, do you know R3. how offensive it is that you can't tell two droids apart? I know. I'm sorry. They're different. They're different people and they have different feelings. Exactly. It's true. And also they have different I'm sorry, R3 and R4. I apologize. I won't make a mistake again. I'm going to need, I think we're going to need a written apology, William. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, But, but, but no, Hera, like she does manage to escape and she ends up finding Mart Matten. Uh, It was great to see the return of Mart, especially uh, because it's it's been a little while since we've seen him. Um, He was, uh, uh, you know, he was part of Iron Squadron um, a long time ago, you know, last season, right? When they they met him and Gutierrez and and the rest. It wasn't, it was Captain Sato's, it was Nephew? Uh, Yes, you're right. It was Captain Sato's Nephew and they were, they were all part of Phoenix Squadron. Uh, the Phoenix group. Uh, but now, of course, since that's mm-hmm. destroyed, he's they're back with the, the, the Yavin group. So I liked seeing the return of of Mart and he escaped. He survived. So that's good. You wouldn't want to kill off one of the uh, guys in the story group. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if it was for a good cause, that's what do true. you do? That's you know, um, but I think the, the big news was, uh, you know, not only did Goody Terra's get a promotion, according to Dave and funny and henry gilroy and rebels recon but Hera got a promotion as well off screen because yep, he calls her he general. does i must have missed that he calls her general just like she's general in rogue one awesome. yeah so this is now getting closer we've got to be very close Interesting. now i yes. remember I was, I was i was racking my brain right after the episode first eric so i'm like yeah she's she's been a general right well no she, she's not uh, I, I was remembering in April, I think it was April, around the celebration, um, Dave Filoni said that we would see that Hera would be promoted to general in Rebels, but that we wouldn't actually see the backstory. It would just happen. And there mm-hmm. was just as... Well, I don't know if she's going to stay uh, general after what happened on her first mission, apparently. Well, I don't know if it's her first mission. Well, what are you talking about? Didn't I, I feel like they called her a commander in the, like just the you know an episode or two ago. But her first mission... To lead the attack on the factory of Lothal ended with her entire squadron being destroyed. I mean, that's not her fault. Well, this wouldn't happen if Ezra wouldn't keep pushing for things to be done well, when that, it's not time for them a, to be done. That's, of course, true. Wow. Okay, so blame I'm, Ezra for the whole thing. We're going to have to demote Ezra. I kind of do. I actually kind of do. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the things you want to do are not the things you should be doing. Good point. <laughs> So, I mean, this is now the second time. This is the second time that because of stuff with Lothal and, you know, and Ezra that the Rebels flight squadrons of fighters are like annihilated. True. There's the season two, the season three finale and this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think. But there's something about the that keeps drawing you are, this. Ezra has like bad luck for fighter squadrons. <laughs> or Hera. I don't know. She was in both battles too. She might be a good pilot. But maybe she just gets all of her friends killed in space. But she wasn't in the air for the one That's on, true. I mean, she was on the, the one at the end of season three. She was on the planet. Right. Okay. So. We won't fake blame her then. <laughs> We'll never blame no, Hera for anything because she's just amazing. Yeah, no. she's perfect. No. Uh, she she is a great pilot though. That that was a lot of fun, um, and I like the focus on her too. We got you know a lot of Hera in this episode. Finally, they they you know they basically tried to cannibalize R 3s uh, transmitter, um, so they could you know get a call out, but the Empire is jamming frequencies, so they decide, well, of course we go to the sewers. Uh, but on their way there, um. You know, that's when uh, Rook catches up with them. Um, Teresa, we, you, were not on, you were not on when we talked about Rook the first time. What are your thoughts on the introduction of this famous character? Well, considering I've never read the novel. <gasps> you haven't? I don't really okay. know who he is. I feel, don't didn't, know. didn't we have this discussion last Maybe time? we did. I yeah, think we did. I'm pretty sure. I just... I it, I was so this shocked is, I put it out of my memory. It was so shocked everybody. I put it out of my memory. So anyway, I don't really kn- I never re- didn't really know anything about him other than that he's being played by Warwick Davis, which in and of itself makes me happy. <laughs> and I really love the hand to hand combat between him and Hera because she's just so ba. <laughs> like she's just like, okay, you hit me, that's fine. I'll get right back up and then punch you in the face. Uh. The whole time I was like, get him, get him. <laughs> you know, it was just really, really cool that she was holding her own against him. I love the way that he's animated. And I like the fact that he's kind of like sort of primal, but like also not. He's like half and half. And when he runs, he suddenly starts running like a gorilla. And that's kind of cool to me. Uh, and I'd actually just watched some episodes of The Flash with gorillas. So it was like very weird. Oh, Gorilla Garage. Yeah. And so it was, uh, it, but I like him. He's just annoying me because he keeps getting in the way of what we're trying to do here. But that's, <laughs> like, that's his point. Already. Yeah, well, I know. That's the point. He was yeah. sent to go capture Hera. He actually did. You know? And I, that, okay, I know we're not there, but it broke my heart how she, she basically shoots at Chopper and them for them to go away. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Okay, but it had to be done. Yes, no, you had yes to it, did. it was awful. It did, but it was it was hard to watch. But it had to be done. Yes, it was sad because if, if yeah. yeah, I mean he wouldn't have left, and then he would have been, you know, captured too. Unfortunately, but it, it was tough seeing like, you know, because yeah, well, Ch- and Chopper can't get captured because he's got too much information in him. He can't. He needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why she sat there and shot at them to make them realize he yeah. had. To and they, leave. they had a valiant mm-hmm. effort. Like they they took out the ATPT and the stormtroopers, and you know, it, just when everything, you know, they they, they managed to, uh, you know, um, kind of fight off Rook uh, at, at first. And, and the moment where Mark grabs that stormtrooper and basically chokes him to sleep was like also fairly yeah. surprising for the sure know, William the show. chokes him to sleep. That's yeah. what it was. It's a you know, sleeper like, hole. Yeah, you know, like, he was watching WWE. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. the technical term. WWE the next Teresa before. corrected me on. Uh, he put, you know, put them in a sleeper hole. Um, yeah. 
but I can't help it. I watched wrestling yeah, all growing up. So I, don't know. I was trying to think of the word. It was just like evading me. So thank you. Um, but yeah, you were close forces enough. them to leave. That was, that was very sad. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think will happen? So, to, so I'm going to throw what this do you guys question. think will happen to Hera. Like she's, she's now in the hands of the, of the empire and, and governor price who promptly shot her with a blaster. Oh. Einstein, thankfully. God, I can't, I can't stand Governor Price, and especially after reading the Thrawn novel, because of the fact that she's just so, she's so evil. Like she's a truly, truly bad person. Okay, so I thought so she came off much uh, more positive in the Thrawn novel. Yeah. <laughs> well, she started out that way, but True. but I'm I'm going to throw this out there. Do you think Governor Price is going to survive no, this series? Because no. nope. so far, okay, I agree with you because so far anybody who's actually worked with Thrawn in the series has not made it that far. Well, I mean, he's never no, mentioned it in the film, so die. of course. I think Price, gonna kill her. Price is going to be the sacrificial uh, lamb that allows Thrawn to guess, like, get away, that allows the creators of the show to get away with not killing Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think that Hera, it's going to be a very, like, for me, at least what I'm seeing, and I'm probably completely wrong, it's a very big like moment like in Harry Potter when Bellatrix Lestrange is killed by the Weasley's mom. It's like Hera is going to kill her. I think I think I think you're right. I think you're right. To get to get revenge. like direct hand to hand or by space combat. Yeah. I don't know. But I think somehow hand to hand. I don't know. Okay. But you know, so but Hera is now in the hands of the the Empire. I, I feel like. We know she survived through she's 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 paged in Rogue One and we she's in Forces of Destiny in the Return in Return of the Jedi. So we know she survives, mm-hmm. which kind of took away some of the I, tension. What if okay, hi, but, hypothetical here. What okay. if Rogue One someone's like Harrison Dula to the briefing room and then someone's like guys, <coughs> Hera died like last week. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what? No, but we know she makes it to Return of the Jedi. That's her clone. I mean, okay, to be fair, this, is, this isn't the first time we've had clones and it's, Thrawn involved it's in the same H- time. H- H- <laughs> H- oh, it's H-E-R-A, again. Hera. <laughs> or no, two A's, uh, H-E-R-A-A, yeah, Hera. Just like Jordan Okay, so so, um, so if Hera is a clone, do you think Kanan would know the difference? Because a Kanan does appear to be torn up that Hera is now captured. Oh, I think he's absolutely segue. torn up. But, but we'll, we'll go into this anyway. <laughs> yeah, but would he know, would he know if Hera was a clone? Uh, yeah, all she right. Would know. Yeah, okay. She wouldn't look at him the same. I know, but I was trying to change the subject to get us back off the clone thing to get to the you know part where Kanan is totally torn up that Hera is now captured, and then he tears off to the speeders. And this is the part where this totally drives me nuts. Here come the Loth wolves. Drives you nuts? And they say doom. Oh, but what? they don't say doom the way that William has what? it written here. It's actually D O O M. Wait. Okay. Wait a minute. Doom? No, no, no. No. I are think sure? I think he's got mm-hmm. it right because. No, no, no. For, uh, ter- ter- wait a minute. I think Teresa, it, it's half right. And William, I think you're half right because I think I read the same article Teresa read because I saw that today oh, when I, I was this. at work. Okay. I think the first time, the first time the Loth Wolf does say his name, D-U-M-E. The second time it came up on the um, the closed captioning, D-O-O-M. Yeah, no, I watched it with the closed captioning on. 
Um, so okay. the, the first time it is D-U-M-E. Yeah. Um, right. The first time he says it to Ezra and then when he says it to Kanan. But this time it's D-O-O-M. You're right. You're right. Actually, I just, I'm, I'm looking at it now. You are 100% correct. I wonder. Very interesting. Huh. There was also something about the Lothwolf's Lof, eyes that I read too, and I kind of skimmed uh, over that. And but was it something about when Palpatine or something or other? Oh, interesting. What's fascinating though is like, yeah. As soon as he says "Doom," Kanan takes off his mask and looks up and says, "I understand. What must I do?" Very interesting. Like, what? What did? What does he need to do? And and why would he? I don't know. Well, that's What's the thing. It's like I I feel like Jack stop. Skellington. What does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? Right. And I think <laughs> it, it, whatever it is, it's important enough that he decided not to go rescue Hera because um, he ends up just going to the sewer exit and 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 basically gives Mart a handout. Uh, you know, out of the sewers. It's Mart Mart is the true Jedi. <laughs> and Mart becomes Snoke, and Mart is actually Darth Vader. Actually, I think Chopper is Snoke, just to be clear. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, th- th- they're doing something is happening with the Lothwolves. Something big. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very curious to f- see what, what happens. Because you're right, the camera does zoom in on the Lothwolves' eyes at the very end of the episode, too. And we even get the Lothwolf theme over the credits uh, as the the episode ends. Um, They're so forcefully magical. I love them. <laughs> okay, but now the bigger question is, what side are the Lothwolves on? Are they the light side? Are they the, the dark side? Or are they basically down the middle as the Bindu? What does it mean? I think they're either middle or light. I think they're down the middle. Tom, you will really? find out in, you know, what is it? Two months? Whatever the bad face. Next next year, basically. Yeah. Which is incredibly unfortunate. I mean, there's only. Yeah, but think of it this way. It's not that far away. It's not. It's funny when you sit there and say next year. But we only have seven episodes. It's left only like two. a couple. Well, that's a thing that that's not fun. <laughs> only seven episodes left. Yeah. Man, I, ah, it was, uh, it's, it's kind of, yeah, this is the the last break we'll ever have before Rebels returns for its final seven episodes and then it's all over. But, uh, but you know, what, what a way to end it. Lots of mystery. Still, we have the cliffhanger with Hera. I have to ask though, were you, what were you, were you guys expecting? Did you have any expectations for the mid season finale? I guess. Because I kind of did going into it. I'm. I'll say I'm a little. I was expecting more of a conclusion. I think to the Lethal story. Mm. Did you think they were going to completely and wrap it up? I didn't think. I'm not sure it was going to be completely wrapped up, but I kind of expected. I don't know. I feel like I expected a little bit more. Hmm. Teresa or or Tom. No, I really didn't. I'm kind of in the mindset I usually am with the movies, which is just give me the story. I don't really think about it too much ahead of time, Yeah. but I was bummed that it was short. That's very, that is very true. I don't know. I was, I was kind of expecting it to kind of culminate in a big moment that would propel the heroes into the final seven episodes of the series. Kind of like a, I don't know, big discovery. Like, Oh my gosh, there's this huge thing. Now we have to spend the last seven episodes 
completing it or stopping it or whatever, which we didn't really get. The 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 cliffhanger was the mystery of the the, the Lothwolf still, which is not with, no different from the last couple episodes, but still very very fascinating. And Hera's capture, and we know she survives. So it's not a huge cliffhanger. That's okay. We don't we don't need a cliffhanger or that buildup. I was just kind of well. It just seemed like for me the episode just had a very soft ending. Yes, that's actually a perfect way of it describing. Just, it just went into the season ender softly, not yeah. this big thing cliffhanger. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. But uh, it's always good to. I don't know. I, I I can't wait to see how this how this wraps up. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps up at least our general thoughts. Tom, why don't you kind of kick us off and give us our your review? Great episode. Great way to end the first part of season four. Uh, sadly, we have to wait a couple months, maybe until next year for the rest of season four to find out what happens to the ghost crew and Kanan and the wolf, wolves and Governor Price and Thrawn and Rock and everybody else. So... Um, you know, the only thing I can say is the best thing for me to do is just give it a review of a nine. Uh, again, great way to ease out of the first part of season four. And um, I am going to take my nine Womp Rats and, you know, the freeways that are running all over Lethal. Well, when there's nobody on there like we have normally seen, there's nobody on those freeways. The Womp Rats are actually little doing little gunny sack races on there. And when they can't get out of the way and somebody is actually coming, they get run over. So that's what's going to happen to my nine womp rats. Uh, Tom, that uh, I mean, I know we do awful things to womp rats, but that is just on uh, just uh. all right. But I guess I guess I can go next. And I I was gonna say I need to give the womp rats a happier ending, but I think we all know that's really not going to happen. Uh, but for me, this really felt like almost two different episodes that were kind of put together. We have a really cool space battle at the beginning. And then this kind of much more, I'm almost going to say like noir-esque kind of Hera and Mart kind of weaving through uh, the city and trying to escape. Um, but overall, I I thought it was good. I definitely didn't think it was perfect. You know, I mentioned a couple of things, particularly with the space battle, that I felt like could have done better. Um, but that's also because that's like my pride and joy. And so I'm going to be far more nitpicky about that than I will about anything else. Um, so I think I'm going to have to give it a... Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten Womp Rats, <coughs> and we know we saw lots of X-wing fighters uh, all you know as part of the attack. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, at least seven of those X-wings were piloted by Ace Womp Rat pilots, and they they didn't survive. Turns Aww. out, like you know how there's that beautiful shot of the, all the X-wings <laughs> exploding over the city. Uh-huh. Uh, it turns oh out God. that they were so oh beautiful God, because Womp Rats, so when they cool. explode, just make these beautiful <laughs> firework-esque explosions. What is it like uh, the grunt birthday party in Halo? It is 3? exactly like that. Yay! <laughs> oh goodness! But anyway, that's my that's me, Teresa. Why don't you to go next? All right. Well, this episode was good. It was just super short. I got really used to the two episode storytelling that we were doing. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of felt like an incomplete story, which I guess was what they were trying to do because there was a cliffhanger. And I am scared for Hera, but obviously we know that she survives, but I'm still kind of scared because I hope they aren't like torturing her or something crazy. And I don't know. I I liked it, but I didn't love it. 
like I have with some of the others. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm just so confused by the Lothwolves and everything that I'm just like, well, you just tell me already because it's hurting my brain. Uh, I'm going to give this one an eight uh, out of 10. And so my eight Lothwolves, Lothwolves, they're not Lothwolves, they're Womp Rats, but they're going to be symbiotic with the Lothwolves. And so they ride along, you know, with them and stuff, kind of like the white Lothcat. Do they like and, sit on the heads of the loft cats? Yeah. And oh, they, it's they like a all, stack. Like, they all what, hang out together. What goes on top of the womp rat? Is it like a loth fly or a sure. loth a loth flea? There we a go. Loth, a loth flea. That's gross. Okay. Uh, but so they all hang out together. And then sometimes when they're not confusing people, they just sit around and play like sabak or something. <laughs> Those are pretty intelligent. Nice, well, they nice. hang out with with force sensitive beings. These particular, I mean, do. that's true. That's true. Does that mean they're the Lothwolves, the the Womp Rats, are force sensitive as well? Maybe it's just like rubbing off, like they're absorbing some of the intelligence so that they can play Sabak. That could be good point. Well, um, you know, I I, I like this episode. It wasn't quite what I was uh, expecting, but that that's totally fine. And I, it was a it was a great episode overall. A lot of fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed the space battle. Uh, I I liked how you know as sad as it was, they were willing to go on and kill everybody off. And man, the everything just ep- gorgeous episode. Um, I still can't get over how how great uh, the, the, all the shots looked. Um, absolutely fantastic. So. Um, you know, I'm going to I think overall, I'm going to give it eight and a half uh, Womp Rats out of ten. Uh, they're really building up to the uh, the end of the of the series. And I'm looking forward to seeing where we go uh, and, and how they they wrap things up. But uh, I, I'm excited. I think it'll be it'll be great. So uh, I'm going to give oh, oh one more thing. Apparently, um, the you know, the the the, the rebel pilot that uh, Rook manages to capture and, and he starts to try to interrogate the the alien the latrillion mm-hmm. apparently the pilot's name is secondary yes secondary <laughs> how dare you william that is a very important name in that culture uh um, you just you have done said we're just gonna i think we're gonna have to kick you off the podcast you're gonna what, have to make a public apology a secondary character this is just this is not uh, William. Uh, anyway, I, uh, at the very I'm least, we're going to have to send you to Womp Rat guide. sensitivity training. <laughs> the, the episode guide calls it out. Uh, and you know what, William? If the episode guide told you to jump off a cliff, would you do that too? <laughs> Probably. You're right. I maybe I maybe I would, but uh, but in the meantime, since the episode guy's not saying that, and we have a little bit of break, I'm okay for now. Um, I'm going to give it eight and a half uh, Womp Rats out of 10 and my eight and a half Womp Rats, um, you know, after uh, their Hera might be captured and Kanan didn't care enough to go rescue Hera, but uh, the Womp Rats do. And so the Womp Rats are going to mount a rescue mission and go save Hera. You happy? Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Acceptable. Minimally, Uh... but... Ouch. Steven's harsh today. I know. I'm enjoying it. I don't know why. (laughs) Anyway. um, But yeah, I I mean, I I, we've got a little bit of a break, but uh, I'm looking forward to the the return of the series after, uh, you know, after the new year. 
uh, it's going to be quite the run up to the the series finale. So uh, I am looking forward to it. Also, um, sounds like uh, the there's we don't have episode descriptions yet, but the next three episodes are titled Allegiance, One Giant Step Ahead and Call of the Spectre. Interesting. So looking forward to that. Teresa, thank you as always for coming on the show. Always a pleasure having you on. No problem. Yeah. Uh, I aim wanna... to derail. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't derail all that much. So uh no, I think this is good. This is this was a fun, a really fun episode uh to both review and 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 record. So uh wh- where can people find you if they want to Hear more of your derailing. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Ice Cold Penguin. That's probably your best way to find anything. (laughs) To find anything (laughs) and everything I do. Uh, (laughs) Trying to think like if I have anything coming out. Well, I'll just plug the most recent episode, episode 52 of Fangirls Going Rogue. We have a 45 minute long interview with Vanessa Marshall. That's perfect to go along with this. So go and check that out. It's fangirls going rogue and it's episode 52. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, you do not derail. And and yes, Tom, Tom is completely right. You don't, I was kidding about the derailing, but, (laughs) uh, uh, no, no, always a pleasure having you on, uh, and we'll have to have you, uh, have you back before things wrap. But the good thing is, Guys, Woo-hoo. we have a lot more Star Wars content to review. This podcast is going to be going for a very, long very true. time. Thanks to the new animated series, the live action series, Ryan Johnson's new trilogy, the rest of the, I mean, we're only one episode into the new uh, Star Wars trilogy, the rest of the, um, the, 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 the standalone films, the Star Wars stories, which we've only had one of as well. It's just the beginning of a lot of content. I don't know how we're going to keep casting for years TV shows a week, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it for now. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back in a few weeks. <laughs> and we'll, we'll thank, thank you, Tom. <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, uh, Rook has captured Tom and uh, we'll be back in a, in very soon uh, with uh, our reviews of, some of the books that we, we've gotten behind on. Certain Leia, Princess of Alderaan, uh, from a certain point of view. Crazy. Uh, uh, Luke, uh, the Adventures of Luke Skywalker, and more. So, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017.